Fifteen years ago this month, the Cato Institute launched the Cato Daily Podcast, and to mark the occasion, we're hoping to give you a token of our appreciation and ask a small favor. Visit cato.org slash cdp15 to get a pair of vinyl Cato Daily Podcast stickers in the mail and give one of them to a friend who might enjoy timely libertarian perspectives on issues of the day. That website, again, is cato.org slash cdp15. And now more than ever, thank you for listening. This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, May 10th, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. Capital gains taxes are meant to give the government a chunk of revenue directly from the proceeds of your wise, judicious investments. But the Biden administration wants to take that a step further and dramatically increase the rate Americans pay on those investments. What are the likely, if not extremely predictable, results of that change? Jennifer Shulp directs financial regulation studies at the Cato Institute. We spoke last week. How are capital gains treated differently from regular income taxes by the IRS? Sure. When we're talking about what's known as a long-term capital gain, um, which is a capital gain that comes after holding an investment for a certain period of time, um, it's generally over a year, um, but there's some trickiness in that. Those taxes are subject to a lower tax rate than your income tax rate. What changes is the IRS pondering? Well, Biden um, has, and throughout the campaign and recently again, has proposed raising the long-term capital gains tax rate on certain high-income earners to essentially equal the income tax rate. Um, which is a, a massive increase in that tax rate. Um, it would move the people, the, the income earners that they're looking at are people making over a million dollars a year. Um, and it would tax their long-term capital gains rate at the same bracket as their income tax rate, which is about 43%. Um, these taxes are also long-term capital gains are also taxed in many states. So in some states, uh, income long-term capital gains for high income earners uh, could exceed 50 percent of the of their earnings. What do we know about how investors tend to view changes in capital gains rates? Do they, it seems like the stock market, at the very least, was not particularly phased by the announcement that uh, that Joe Biden would like to see this change implemented. The stock market, well, on the day that he announced it again, the stock market took a dip, um, but it came right back the next day. Um, actually, the stock market shouldn't have been phased because this news about his desire to increase the cat long-term capital gains tax isn't new. He campaigned on it. So it wasn't new information to the market, and the market shouldn't have been phased. But what we do know about changes in the capital gains tax rate is that investors are sensitive to it. Um, their behavior changes. Um, they make different investing decisions at different levels of the capital gains tax. Uh, so any sort of changes to that, we should expect to see changes in investing behavior. My dystopian spidey senses go to this notion that if at some point you earn enough money somewhere that uh, at a, at a earnings level that you or I don't have to contemplate these kinds of problems. But like the income tax itself, 
my uh, spidey senses tell me that, well, there's once you've got a, people earning a million dollars paying this regular income tax rate for uh, capital gains that you will eventually see people who earn far less than that effectively paying that same rate. That's possible. Biden hasn't put out the details of what this plan looks like yet. All we have are the the sketchiest examples of what he's interested in changing the rate to. There's been some talk about changing the way the rates are calculated, um, changing the way that um, the tax liability becomes due, uh, that can also have the effect that you're talking about. I mean, I think we're there's always the the concern that once we draw a line at a million dollars of income, there's nothing to make a line that says seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars is fine or four hundred thousand dollars is fine. Um, we haven't seen a lot of indications of that at the moment, but there's always room for change. What's interesting is that the capital gains tax rate is something that's moved around a lot over the course of at least the past 20 years, if not longer. Um, it seems to be a favorite of uh, new administrations and new Congresses to to tweak it, either to lower it, to raise it, to talk about changing how it's calculated. But but it moves around a lot more than your standard income tax rate has, um, which is by no means static either. People, I understand, do not like paying taxes. And so people, especially wealthy people, take sometimes great pains and go to great expense to pay an accountant or a group of accountants to help them avoid paying a somewhat larger amount to the government. So uh, perhaps a boon for uh, accounting, but uh, you know, what kinds of decisions do people make in order to avoid paying this tax? Well, the capital gains tax is actually a pretty easy tax to avoid, at least in the short term, because it's not imposed until your gain is realized. So until you sell the investment and those types of gains can be offset by losses. So you may see, and I would expect that you would see for a a hike in the capital gains tax, people making decisions about holding on to investments longer than they may have otherwise decided to do so. Um, It's not exactly the most efficient use of capital if I'm holding on to a long-term investment longer than I wanted to, to avoid the tax hit. Um, I may also hold on to my investment for longer, waiting for the capital gains rate to change. Um, because as I have said, it, it moves around quite a bit. Um, so, you know, holding out for the next administration might not be a bad investment decision. It's not a good decision about how to allocate capital in the economy, though. Yeah, I was I was wondering about that. You know, that, that's there are so many Americans who are effectively 100% passive investors. That is, they have a chunk of their paycheck taken. It goes into a 401k, which is then goes immediately to a, you know, a, some sort of mutual fund or something. These people are not actively trading. And I wonder if, if there is any practical effect of telling the, the people who are making the biggest moves in the market with individual securities um, or equities that you're going to pay a lot for selling, or and and, and I, w- I wonder if that's act- would actually affect the 
rational valuation of the market as a whole? I think it definitely can. When we're talking about capital gains taxes, things like 401ks are exempt um, because you get taxed when when you take your money out specifically to 401ks. And the, the wealthy that we're talking about here are not a 401k concern. But what we are talking about is the those with incomes of over a million dollars that are invested in the market may be holding on longer. It may change valuations in the market. Um, in our public markets. But one of the places that really concerns me about raising the capital gains tax is when we're talking about startups and entrepreneurial opportunities. Um, one of the reasons that the wealthy want to make investments in, in startups and entrepreneurship is that there's a potential for a high gain there. But it's also offset by the fact that a lot of these companies don't make it. So what we're doing is changing the, the risk reward calculation here, um, quite a bit when we're telling potential angel investors, potential startup supporters that when you get a winner, the government's going to take 50% of your winnings. Um, they may decide to hold on to investments longer, or they may decide not to make the investment in the first place because the risk-reward calculation is puts their money better somewhere else. Um, safer investments, uh, investments that, uh, say, are already trading public companies um, where they can see valuation easier. Um, so the capital gains tax increase and capital gains taxes, period, tamp down on investment in startups and in companies where there's a lot of risk, um, but you want to be rewarded for the risk that you're taking. To the extent that this doesn't do anything with respect to revenue, um, and you can tell me if it, if it will or won't, but why do it if uh, the effect on revenue is going to be small along with uh, the associated costs to both the uh, economy, um, capital markets, uh, and of course, individual investors. Yeah. Well, I think there's, well, let me talk about revenue first. Um, I think we'll see competing economic modeling as to what's going to happen with the revenue. But I think it's notable that um, some research out of Wharton just a couple of days ago said that just raising the capital gains tax um, to the 43% on the wealthiest individuals would result in a revenue decline of $33 million in capital gains tax over the next 10 years. Um, people talk about whether that can be offset by tweaking how the tax liability becomes calculated. Um, but again, we haven't seen Biden's proposal on that front. So I think that it's a fair thing to say that we're looking here at potentially smaller revenue numbers from the capital gains tax if it's hiked in this way. So any sort of pipe dream about using this increased capital gains tax money to fund massive infrastructure plans or other things, I'm not sure is realistic. But I do think that this plays a lot into the rhetoric of the Biden administration that we need to do something to decrease inequality. And one of the ways that they've been looking at decreasing inequality is by taxing the wealthy more. Um, so I think that a lot of this can just be seen as rhetoric. Um, I think there's debates 
in the administration about whether this is going to have an effect on entrepreneurship or not. But I think it's I think it's pretty clear that capital gains taxes, people are responsive to those in making their investments and assuming that you know, rational behavior by those that are making um, investments in startups and entrepreneurial opportunities, we're, we're going to see a decline in that. Um, it might not be immediate, um, but I think long term, this is going to hurt innovation and growth in the economy. Um, whether that's worth it to the Biden administration to have a short term win in saying that we're taxing the wealthy more is is a different story. But I don't think that this is good for for long term growth. And I think we can see that we'd be the United States making this move would be taking kind of an unusual move. Um, most comparable countries tax um, long-term capital gains at a lower rate than income. Um, some of those company countries don't tax long-term capital gains at all. Um, so we'd be moving in the opposite direction from that. Um, I didn't say it before um, because it's a little bit harder to, to gauge the effect, but, but we have to keep in mind also that the capital is mobile. Um, and not only would we be looking at potential domestic effects here, um, we don't want to encourage that growth capital to be looking off our shores um, or have offshore capital looking away from our shores as a place to invest in our economy and our businesses. Jennifer Shulp directs financial regulation studies at the Cato Institute. It's our 15th anniversary at the Cato Daily Podcast. In appreciation to our listeners, we have a small gift for you. Visit cato.org slash cdp15 to learn more.